Welcome to the Win Your Health Show. I am your host, Dr. Ryan Sousley, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And this is the show where we talk about the most common health issues that people face today and give you natural and practical solutions to help you win your health and win at life. Thank you for joining me for another action-packed episode. I hope you take value, take notes, and most importantly, take action. Okay, welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Sousley, chiropractor, functional medicine practitioner, Coeur Idaho. We have a really good topic today. Might be actually one of the most pertinent topics to our audience because we're going to talk about the number one disease killer in the United States today and has been for several decades, actually. It's heart disease. And heart disease is a bit of an umbrella term that includes things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart attacks, strokes, atherosclerosis, hypertension. And so we're going to talk about the most common causes of heart disease. We're going to talk about the most common causes of these symptoms like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, hardening, and placking in the arteries. But more importantly, we're going to talk about what the underlying cause is and also why I believe that everything that you've ever been taught or think you know about cholesterol specifically is wrong. And I know that's a bold statement. I'm going to try to back that up today. But after doing over a decade of research and clinical experience with patients, helping patients to correct their lifestyles and take the right supplements, eat the right foods, get moving and reverse diagnoses and help people get off medications, I have realized that what most people believe about where heart disease comes from, what causes high blood pressure, what causes high cholesterol, and maybe more importantly, what to do about all of those things is completely backwards because in America today, the system that we operate in, this thing that we call healthcare is actually not healthcare at all. It's sick care. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have its place. It doesn't mean that there's not value. But the reality is that if you walk into a hospital or even a medical doctor's office today, most medical doctors, not all of them, but most of them, you walk into a hospital or a clinic today and you say, hey, I just want to be healthier. I, I want to maximize my health. What can I do? They're going to look at you sideways like you have three eyes because our system is not built on promoting and enhancing health. It's built on identifying and diagnosing disease and then treating those symptoms or treating those diseases. And again, there's a time and a place for that. If you break your leg, you know, don't come to my clinic so that you can learn how to eat a better diet and exercise more and get your spine corrected. That's not the time or the place for that. That's when you should go to the hospital, let a, let an orthopedic surgeon fix your leg. Then maybe after the fact, during the rehabilitation process, then we worry about lifestyle factors. Same thing with a heart attack. If you have a heart attack, that's not when you come to me and you know, let me do metabolic testing and put you on a strategic supplement regimen and change your diet and get you moving more efficiently and effectively and all those things, That's you should go to the hospital. You should see a cardiac surgeon, even let them fillet you like a fish and save your life, give you a brand new heart if that's necessary. But the question that we fail to answer perpetually, and this is not just the public, but this is even in my opinion, medical doctors and the medical system at large is what's causing these issues in the first place. If someone has high blood pressure, the question isn't, well, how do we treat this high blood pressure? Because blood pressure in and of itself is such a bad thing. No, the question is, well, the body never makes mistakes. So if you have high blood pressure, there's a reason. 
You don't just have high blood pressure on accident. If you have high cholesterol, it's not an accident. You just, you don't just have high cholesterol for no reason. Your body's responding to its environment. It's trying to restore and maintain homeostasis. And that's what you have to understand about your, about your body when it comes to restoring and maintaining optimal health is that your body never makes mistakes. Your body doesn't do things on accident. When you go outside and it's 100 degrees, you don't start sweating because it's a mistake. Your body's trying to cool you off and restore homeostasis. When you go outside and it's 10 degrees and you start to shiver, that's not a mistake. That's your body trying to warm up, warm itself up. And so we know those things to be obvious and true. And yet when our body manifests symptoms that we don't like, that we've been told are bad, that we have been told are risk factors or part of a diagnosis or a death sentence like heart disease, we get really freaked out about it and we do any and everything at all costs to get rid of that symptom. And a lot of times we fail to ask the question, why is it happening in the first place? Again, today's show is about cholesterol and I'm hoping to bust the cholesterol myth. One of the reasons why is because blood pressure medication and cholesterol medication are are among, if not the leading pharmaceutical sale uh, sold drugs in America today. You know, things like lisinopril and Crestor and Lipitor. And again, today's conversation is not necessarily to say that those medications in and of themselves are bad, although there are negative side effects, just like with any and every medication on the planet, there's always a side effect. There's no such thing as putting a chemical into your body and not having some sort of side effect. Now, the difference is that you have to weigh out the pros and cons. If those side effects are gonna be minimal or tolerable so that you can save your life, then it might be worth taking that medication for a time. But never is there a scenario where it's in your best interest physiologically and longevity wise to take a medication indefinitely because there are side effects, number one. Number two, they don't ever address the underlying cause of the problem. And philosophically and fundamentally, this is where I have the biggest issue with medications that is that they don't address the underlying cause. If you have high blood pressure, it's not because there's a lack of lisinopril in your heart. If you have high cholesterol, it's not because there's a lack of Crestor or Lipitor in your liver or your body, there's an underlying cause. And so the danger is, when we take a medication, we force the body to do something that it doesn't want to do or doesn't think is best in the, in the environment. It'd be like going outside and it's 10 degrees and you start to shiver. And so you take a medication that prevents shivering. Well, shivering is not the issue. And we can all see, obviously, that if you weren't able to shiver, your body wouldn't generate heat internally and you'd probably die from the cold. The same is true with sweating. We know that if it's 100 degrees outside and you don't sweat, there's a major physiological problem. And it'd be like going outside, it's 100 degrees, you start sweating, and we cram a medication down your throat or give you an injection that stops the sweating because sweating is so bad, we would never do that. It doesn't make any fundamental sense. And yet, that's the exact same thing that we're doing when we're diagnosed with high blood pressure or high cholesterol and we take a medication that forces our body to do something it doesn't think it should be doing. The question isn't, how do I treat the symptom? The question is, what's the underlying cause? And so when it comes to cholesterol, you just need to know a few basics that cholesterol is a soft, white, waxy substance that's made predominantly by the liver. And your body uses this soft, white, waxy substance, kind of like drywall spackle. So this is a way that I've always liked to think about it. It's like 
you've got this drywall spackle and what do you use spackle for? You use it for holes in the wall, you use it for repair jobs. And your body does the same thing with cholesterol, among other things. Your, your brain is also uh, contains a lot of cholesterol. Your nervous system requires cholesterol for conductivity and neurological efficiency, neural transmission. But for all intents and purposes, the way that you can think about cholesterol is it's for repair jobs. And so just like in construction, if you were to walk into a room, take a hammer to the drywall, and then all of a sudden say, hey, drywall spackle is bad. We do not want drywall spackle because look, everywhere we find drywall spackle, we also find damage. It's the spackle that must be the problem. We need to do something about all this spackle. You know what? We're going to interrupt the supply chain. We're going we're gonna to create a, a system or a device that'll go in. It'll take out all the spackle from the house and it might actually do that. And there have been drug studies that have been able to prove that certain medications do in fact lower cholesterol. What's interesting is if you look at the same studies and studies beyond, you know, statistically speaking, more people in America die with low cholesterol from heart issues than people with high cholesterol. Think about that. We've been led to believe that cholesterol is going to kill you. It's going to cause a heart attack. It's going to cause a stroke. Um, and yet we put people on a cholesterol lowering medication and more people die from low cholesterol than high cholesterol. Why is that? It's because it's like the spackle analogy in a building. The spackle is not the issue. The, spacu the spackle is there because there's an issue. And that's what we have to get to is what is the real cause? Why is the body having to produce more cholesterol? And a lot of people say, well, isn't it from diet? You know, it's interesting way back in the 60s, Dr. Ansel Keys did all this pioneering research, and he's actually one of the one of the pioneer forefathers, if you will, that came up with this concept that cholesterol causes heart disease, that cholesterol clogs your arteries, and it was from the cholesterol that you ate. What we now know is that those studies were actually done on rabbits, and, and the difference between humans and rabbits is that rabbits don't have the ability to eliminate and excrete cholesterol through the stool, whereas humans do. It's a genetic difference. And so what he finally figured out after years of study and follow-up research is that dietary cholesterol has almost nothing to do, has almost nothing to do with cholesterol found in your blood. In fact, he was quoted in a 1997 interview and said, there is no connection whatsoever between cholesterol in food and cholesterol in the blood. None. And we've known that all along. Cholesterol in the diet doesn't matter at all unless you happen to be a chicken or a rabbit. Again, because genetically they don't have the ability to, to excrete and eliminate cholesterol out the other end, whereas humans do. And so finally, so listen to this. I mean, that the, the initial research was done in the 60s. And from then, we had this craze, this boom of recommendations and medications in order to lower cholesterol. We're going to put people on a low fat diet, a low cholesterol diet. Eggs are bad for you. Don't eat the, oh, don't eat the yolk and the egg. And even, even today there are tons of products out there and even people that still tout that the yolk and an egg will kill you. That it'll give you heart disease. It'll clog your arteries. We know that that is not true, but that was all decades and decades ago. Ansel Keys came out in the nineties with this interview saying, we've known this all along. This is not accurate. And it wasn't until 2015 
before the advisory committee uh, committee responsible for the U.S. government dietary guidelines finally conceded and said cholesterol is not a nutrient of concern for overconsumption. So decades later, they finally came to their senses. What's the point? Well, the point is cholesterol is not the bad guy. Cholesterol is not the bad guy any more than a scab is the bad guy on a healing wound. It's the fact that there is a wound that necessitates the scab in the first place. And cholesterol is the same thing. Now, obviously, there is something to be said for cholesterol markers. Like you might be asking, well, what about H, you know, high-density lipoproteins and low-density lipoproteins and very low-density lipoproteins? There is something to be said for the ratio of HDLs and LDLs and VLDLs We're not going to get into that too much today. What you do need to know is that looking at overall cholesterol does you almost no good in terms of actionable information because it doesn't tell you why the cholesterol is high in the first place. Secondly, there are certain populations of people that just genetically have higher cholesterol. And if the ratio of HDL to LDL is good or or is what would be considered favorable, then it's a non-issue Altogether. In fact, there's a higher danger in reducing those people's cholesterol levels at, as a whole versus letting them be high as long as HDL and LDL are in, a, in a, a positive or a favorable ratio. So the whole point is that looking at cholesterol as a whole does you very little good in terms of actionable information or for your health. The question isn't what should we do to treat your high cholesterol. The question is what's causing my cholesterol to be high in the first place. And here I want to give you a few causes. We're going to start with one and then I'm going to come back to this after the break. But one of the causes is actually stress on your nervous system. Stress on your nervous system. Now, this can be caused by emotional or mental stress, obviously deadlines at work or family issues or, I mean, good gracious, we all have stress, right? Turn on the news, you'll become stressed. Go on social media for an hour, you'll get off stressed. We're all stressed. However, an abundance of stress leads to inflammation in the nervous system, but mechanical stress can also negatively impact the nervous system. And one of the ways that I see this most prevalently, prevalently as, as, is as a chiropractor. And you wouldn't think that a bad spine puts stress on the nervous system, except that if you understand an anatomy, that the skull protects the brain and the, and the spine, the vertebral column, the 24 movable vertebrae in your spine, surround and protect your spinal cord. And it is your lifeline. It's how your body operates. It's how your brain controls every function of every cell, tissue, and organ in your body because your brain sends signals like electricity down the spinal cord and out the nerves to every cell, tissue, and organ. It's those signals that tell your heart to beat and your lungs to breathe and your stomach to digest food and even for your liver to produce and regulate and maintain proper cholesterol levels. But what happens in life because of slips, strips, and falls or car accidents or sports injuries or even, like I said, bad posture, it can even happen from the birth process when your spine misaligns or becomes out of alignment, that's called a subluxation. That's the medical term for a a vertebrae that's out of alignment. It's a subluxation. It's not a total dislocation. It's a subluxation. Sub means less than. So it's less than a dislocation but it's a misalignment nonetheless. And what we now know is that misalignments in the spine cause irritation to the nerves that come out in between or run down the middle of that segment that's misaligned. 
And these are called subluxations. And so subluxations cause nerve interference or nerve irritation, which leads to inflammation. So think about it like this. If I, if I pinch the hose or if I uh, kink the hose that's trying to water your lawn, two things happen. Number one, the water doesn't get to the lawn. And so your lawn starts to turn brown. That's a problem in and of itself, right? And your ner- the nerves that come out of your spine are the same way. So the nerves that go to your heart, for example, if you have a subluxation in your neck, that's pinching the nerve that goes to your heart, your heart's not getting the signals from the brain that it needs to operate and function appropriately. So that's the first problem. The second problem is that irritation also creates inflammation at the site of injury. Again, back to the kinked hose analogy, if I kink the hose, not only is the lawn not getting water on the other end, but there's also a lot of pressure buildup and tension that's happening at the site of the kink. That inflammation is dealt with by the body with cholesterol. And I've seen this so many times. I actually had a patient uh, named Dave and Dave's wife made him come in. This is not uncommon. I know it's kind of funny, but Dave's wife made him come in about five years ago. And Dave's wife had been a patient for, I don't know, maybe five or six months. And she'd been getting great results. She said, Dave, you need to come with me. You need to let the chiropractor check you out. And he comes in and he says, well, listen, you know, I have, I have this low back pain. And I have a little bit of neck pain, but I've worked on a farm my whole life. You know, I'm 70 years old. I've dealt with it for the last 40 years. I just, I just still make it happen. You know, it doesn't stop me from doing anything. And I said, listen, I, I get that. But what if we could help you live with less pain? We could help you feel better, have better mobility. Wouldn't your quality of life improve? And you could still be able to do all the same things, Dave. I'm not saying you can't, but you'd be able to do them with a lot less pain. Wouldn't that be more enjoyable? And so Long story short, he relented. He said, yeah, okay, go ahead. You could take some x-rays. We took x-rays. We did a thermographic nerve scan that literally looks for inflammation in the nervous system along the spine. And sure enough, we found subluxations in his neck and his lower back. And so I said, hey, listen, we can we can fix this. You know, we do corrective care. It's a lot different than just regular chiropractic care. It's not pop and pray or crack and dash. We put together programs for people that include physical therapy and chiropractic so that we're actually correcting the shape of the spine and not just treating symptoms. And not only are you going to feel better, but your quality of life's going to improve. And most likely the rest of your body's going to improve as well. And he said, what the heck, you know, I'd like my last, my last years, however many there are left to be as enjoyable as possible. And so he jumped on board. He started coming in with his wife and little by little, his neck pain and his low back pain got better. And he came in about three months after starting care. And he goes, Dr. Ryan, I got to talk to you. This is the darndest thing, but I've been on lisinopril, which is a blood pressure medication. I've been on lisinopril for over 20 years and I've, I've improved my diet. You know, I work my butt off every day on the farm. I'm super active. I don't drink or smoke, you know, but they put me on this blood pressure medication 20 years ago. And they told me I'd be on it for the rest of my life. And every couple of years, you know, they tinker with the the dose or they might add a, a supplemental medication. And, but the long story short, it's always stayed the same. And he goes, it's the weirdest thing. I've been a patient here for three months and I just went in for my annual checkup. And he said, for the first time in 20 years, my blood pressure is at a point where I don't need the blood pressure medication anymore. And he goes, do you think there's any connection between what we're doing here and my blood pressure? And I said, absolutely. I can't quantify it, but what I can tell you is two things. Number one, we took pressure off the nerves in your neck that go directly to your heart. So your heart's going to work better. It's like unkinking the hose to your lawn. Your lawn's going to get greener because now all of a sudden there's enough water getting to the lawn to give it what it needs. Second thing though, 
is we also were able to reduce the amount of stress on the nervous system. And with less stress on the nervous system, your body didn't need to create as much cholesterol, which directly impacts blood pressure. And so I said, I can't quantify it. I can't tell you this for sure, but it makes sense to me just knowing anatomy. And he goes, well, I don't really care what happened. The reality is I was on it for 20 years. I'm not now, and I don't plan on going back. And this was five years ago. And I can tell you, Dave has never had to go back on his blood pressure medication. He's got a much better looking spine on an x-ray. His thermographic nerve scans are clear and he's a great patient. He's 75 years old and you wouldn't think he's a day over 50 because he's actually healthy. And that's just a perfect example of getting to the underlying cause of the problem. Now, does that mean that everybody that's got high blood pressure just needs to go to the chiropractor? Not necessarily, although I think it would probably help in some way, shape or form, but not necessarily as, as significantly as it helped Dave. The question is, if you're listening to this and you have high blood pressure or you have high cholesterol or you have any other number of symptoms, how do you know whether or not the issue is being affected by or coming from a subluxation in your spine? And again, not all of these issues are, but the only way to know is to get checked. We'll be right back. My name is Dave Andrus. 45 years I've been a pastor. My wife and I have been in ministry. And if you know anything about pastoral ministry, it is 24 7. You carry the weight of the world. It never goes away. Even if you take a few days off, it's still there. And it contributed a lot to my constant pain. Because of the stress, I've learned how stress can really affect your structure. So I made an appointment and came in, did x-rays of my back and my neck, which by the way was the very first time ever I have had any chiropractor take pictures of my back and my spine which just overwhelmed me that you all would do that. And then I started coming and discovered that you have a whole network of whole life betterment is my word for it, where you emphasize not just an adjustment, but you emphasize a style of life, how you eat, how you breathe, how you go about your day, doing exercises that are beneficial to the issues that you have. So I started doing them, and the more I did them, the better I started to feel. So, of course, three times a week I've been coming in. My spine uh, is just doing so well, and my neck and my posture. What I've been doing has been paying off. And I just have to say, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing what you know in your heart is the right thing to do. And I just, I am so thrilled to have discovered Summit Family Chiropractic and Max Living, which is way broader than just chiropractic. Okay, welcome back to the Win Your Health Show. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Sousley. Hey, today we're talking all about cholesterol. And my bold statement is that everything that you thought you knew about cholesterol is wrong. And I would even say blood pressure and heart disease to go along with that. But cholesterol, especially because cholesterol, again, it's been 
made out by the mainstream media and even modern medicine, in my opinion, to be the boogeyman. I mean, it's like this thing that we're supposed to avoid at all costs and run in the other other direction. And we're trying, we're supposed to eliminate and reduce it at all costs, no matter what. And so that's why, you know, medications like Crestor or Lipitor or any statin drug for that matter uh, is, is so abundant. It's so popular, right? And even low-fat diets, you know, ever since really the 80s, these low-fat diets have been all the craze. And even today, I mean, now there's a lot more hype around uh, paleo and keto and the carnivore diet where you eat nothing but meat. But even still, you know, you take someone that's got high blood pressure or heart disease or even just a family history of heart attack and you send them into a doctor's office and more than likely that doctor is going to tell that patient to eat a low fat diet, to not drink or smoke, which I agree with, um, not the low fat diet part, but the drinking and smoking, that's not good for anybody. And then after doing an exam or maybe even a blood panel would recommend that that patient be put on either a blood pressure medication or a cholesterol lowering medication. And the question never get at, never gets asked, why is the blood pressure or cholesterol high in the first place? And I'm lumping these together, not because they're the same thing, but oftentimes they go hand in hand. Heart disease is really the category of things that we're talking about today. But with that, blood pressure, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, hypertension, these things are common signs or indicators or factors that go along with heart disease. And again, my whole point with today's show is that if we ask better questions we'll get better answers. And the question shouldn't ever be, how do I treat this symptom? Because listen, again, high cholesterol is a symptom. It doesn't just happen for no reason. High blood pressure is a symptom. It doesn't just happen for no reason. If you go outside and it's 10 degrees, you're going to shiver. That's a symptom. You don't just shiver for no reason. You shiver because it's cold. That's the cause. If you go outside and it's 100 degrees, you're going to sweat. The, the heat is the cause. It's not the sweating. And so just like taking a medication to prevent shivering or sweating would be ridiculous and actually probably hurt you physiologically in the long run for obvious reasons. Treating symptoms with medications is the same thing. And I would even say treating symptoms with natural remedies is not a whole lot better. You know, if you go to a functional medicine doctor or you go to a, a homeopathic doctor or a naturopathic doctor, doctor and you have high blood pressure and they give you a tincture or uh, a regimen of supplements or potions or lotions in order to address symptoms, but they're not addressing the underlying cause. In my opinion, that's still an allopathic model. That's a, a model that follows the same philosophy as modern, modern medicine. It's how can we fix the symptom and not address the underlying cause? It might be a more natural and safer way of addressing the symptom, which again, there's a time and a place. If your life's in danger, you're gushing blood, you break your leg, great. Address the symptom, move on, live your life, you know, live to see another day. But in a situation like this, you know, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, those are chronic conditions. We never want to just address the symptom. We want to fix the underlying cause of the problem. So in the first segment, I talked about that one of the most common causes of high cholesterol, because again, your body produces cholesterol for repair jobs. You know, it's kind of like the spackle for drywall. You, you come into the room, you put a bunch of holes in the drywall with a hammer. Well, thank God you have spackle because you can come in and you can patch up all those holes. Well, that's what cholesterol does in your body. So again, the spackle is not the bad guy. The, the, the spackle is 
covering up what the bad guy did. <laughs> you know, it's all the it's all the holes in the wall. And at the same time, it's it's no different than looking at someone's blood work and saying, oh my goodness, this person has high cholesterol. We better get that cholesterol down because cholesterol is associated with heart disease. Well, it might be. However, we now know that cholesterol is not the cause. It's just an association. It's an affiliated finding. It's something that goes hand in hand, but it's not the problem. It just happens to be there. Just like saying, well, just because there's a lot of spackle in the room, we know that this house is not built very well. Well, no, it wasn't It wasn't that. It was someone came in with a hammer and put a bunch of holes in the wall. And, and so the, the discussion that we're having today is who's, who's putting holes in the wall, right? Where do these holes come from in terms of lifestyle? Forgive the analogy, but it's it's what I got for today. So in the first segment, we talked about musculoskeletal injury. And these would be things like joint, sprain, joint sprains, muscle strains, you know, uh, I played college football all the way through college. I played uh, a lot of sports growing up. I still play a lot of sports. I'm an active triathlete and endurance athlete. I do a lot of CrossFit. I, I bow hunt, and so I'm t- really active in the fall. So I've had my share of injuries. I've had a broken nose. I've had a broken foot twice. I've broken fingers. I've broken ribs. Probably my most significant injury was f- uh, four or five years ago. I was playing basketball with a group of guys thinking I was 20 years old and I was 36 years old and I went to make a move and I heard a pop in my Achilles tendon and knew right away that I had ruptured my Achilles. And so if you've ever done this, you know that it is not an injury that's a pleasant one. It's not something you'd wish on your worst enemy. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It's excruciatingly painful, but the rehab is also very arduous and very time consuming. And so, um, when I did that, what's my point? My point is that when I injured my Achilles tendon, my body immediately started producing more cholesterol. Why? Because it's trying to repair itself. And so in that instance, it'd be ridiculous to take my blood work and say, oh, Dr. Ryan's cholesterol is really high. High cholesterol is a bad thing. We got to give him a drug to reduce that cholesterol, bring it down. No. Why? Because that would be like saying, hey, we're going to interrupt the supply chain so that we can't spackle up all these holes in the wall, we're not addressing the hammer. And in this case, the hammer was me popping my Achilles tendon, you know, same thing with a mom who's just given birth to a baby right after that, her cholesterol levels are a lot higher. Why? Because her body is trying to heal from giving birth. And so we'd never think of giving a a postpartum mom cholesterol lowering medications because cholesterol is bad. Cholesterol is not the bad guy any more than a scab on your hand is the bad guy that's trying to heal from a wound. And so musculoskeletal musculoskeletal injuries are one of the most common causes of elevated inflammation. We talked about how spinal subluxations, misalignments in your spine can cause elevated cholesterol levels because of the stress that it causes to your nervous system. Your nervous system basically identifies those misalignments in your spine as micro- joint injuries, just like if you sprained your ankle or tore your Achilles tendon, right? Your body views that as an injury. And so your body responds by increasing the substance that it uses for repair jobs. The the three other things that I want to talk about are processed foods, infections, and stress. And so stress and infection, I feel like those are easy ones. When you're stressed out, your body produces more cortisol because cortisol combats inflammation and even mental and emotional stress increase cortisol 
and the inflammatory process or the inflammatory cycle in your body. That's why if you've ever been under a lot of stress, typically your body aches more, you get worse sleep, you're more susceptible to colds and flus. Uh, you don't look as healthy because stress just, just has a way of interfering with normal physiological processes. And it also allows inflammation to get out of control. And so stress can do that. So obviously doing things like getting enough sleep, practicing gratitude, get off the TV, get off social media, get the negative inputs out of there so that you can have more positive outputs, if that makes sense. But secondly, you know, infections are a big one too. When you come into contact with a cold or a flu virus or a bacterial thing or a viral thing, your body responds with inflammation. And that's actually a good thing. In fact, if your body didn't have the ability to become inflamed and this goes hand in hand and the ability to produce more cholesterol in those moments, in those situations, you wouldn't be able to overcome the common cold or a regular flu or something like that. You know, an infection from, you know, a cut on your finger or your toe, you know, your body would not be able to overcome those things because that's part of the inflammatory immune response. The last one though is with food. And this is, this is a huge one because again, you know, food is something that we all do every day, unless you're fasting, but even still, eventually you're going to do food. You're going to do food a lot, but a lot of the food that we consume causes inflammation in the body. And here's where I'm going to kind of speak out of both sides of my mouth for a second. Ansel Keys, who I talked about in the first segment, who is one of the pioneer thought leaders with this theory that dietary cholesterol resulted in higher cholesterols in your blood or higher cholesterol levels in your blood. He eventually went on to say that they found out that it has nothing to do with that, right? So on one hand, we are saying that the cholesterol that you eat from food does not directly impact the cholesterol uh, or it's not the same. That's a better way of saying it. It's not the same cholesterol that we see in your blood when you have blood work done. However, however, this is important. You got to listen to this. However, what you eat does impact your body's response physiologically. Meaning, what do I mean by that? This means that if you eat something that's processed or packaged or it's got toxic ingredients, right? Like let's say you're eating something that's got trans fats, hydrogenated oils, vegetable oils, which cause an inflammatory response in the body. Your body responds by becoming inflamed and producing more cholesterol, right? And it's, why is it doing that? Well, you just put crap into your body and so your body has a repair job to do, if that makes sense. And so processed foods, sugar, and refined carbohydrates, they're highly inflammatory. That's why a little bit of carbohydrate's good, but too much is not good. Obviously, refined carbohydrates or things like high fructose corn syrup and excessive amounts, artificial flavors, artificial sweeteners, they're highly inflammatory. And even other things that a lot of us do on a regular basis, like caffeine or alcohol, these things are inflammatory too. And I'm not saying that you can never do these things, but you just have to, you do have to know that if you're worried about cholesterol, this is the point. Okay. Here's the take, here's the take home. If you are worried about cholesterol, either you've been diagnosed with high cholesterol, you're on a statin or you're on a cholesterol lowering medication, or you have a family history of heart attack, stroke, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. This is why this matters. It's not that you can't ever eat food out of a box or that comes through a window, i.e. fast food. It doesn't mean that you can't ever consume sugar or refined carbohydrates. It doesn't mean you can't ever drink coffee 
or drink alcohol, but it does mean that you have to pay attention because you just have to understand that it's those things that don't result in cholesterol in your blood. It results in an inflammatory response. Your body is trying to protect itself and deal with the injury, the micro injury that you just caused by the food that you just put into your mouth. Yes. When you eat crap food, you're creating micro injuries in your system. And so your body responds by producing more cholesterol. Again, cholesterol is like the spackle covering up holes from hammering walls in your drywall. It's for repair jobs. The spackle's not the problem, it's the holes in the wall. And those holes come from a multitude of things. Usually it's multifactorial, it's not just one thing, but food is a big one. And so that's why, you know, patients of ours that we put on a clean diet, and and people ask me all the time, is it keto, is it paleo, is it uh, Atkins diet, is it carb counting, is it macro focused? Here's the bottom line. Eat food by God, not food by man. What do I mean by that? Eat food that you can go out in nature and find in nature, right? You're not going to find a Twinkie tree out in nature. You're, you're going to find elk and cows and deer and fish and chicken and eggs. You're also going to find plants, lots and lots and lots of plants and legumes. And so what I mean by that is if you can find it in nature, most likely, not always, not 100%, but most likely, if you start there, you're going to have a lot less inflammation in your body, which is going to naturally reduce the amount of cholesterol that your body feels like it needs to produce. So so clean up your diet. Just eat food by God, not food by man. The second thing is, obviously, try to reduce stress in your life, get enough sleep, drink enough water, practice gratitude, get off social media, quit watching the news on either side of the aisle, whether it's Fox or CNN, they're both inflammatory, right? I'm convinced that watching the news increases inflammation in your physical body, right? And if you don't believe me, go watch the news tonight and then take your blood pressure, your pulse right afterward. I guarantee you it's going to be higher. Why? Because that's what they get paid for. Fear sells, fear sells, right? And then lastly, and I talked about this at the first segment, but this is this is the, the source of inflammation that I find most. Obviously, it's probably because I'm a chiropractor and this is what I do every day, but I find that most people are inflamed and most people have high cholesterol because their body is dealing with musculoskeletal injuries. And sometimes it's joint sprains, it's a muscle strain, sometimes it's, mu- it's a tension in your shoulders or your traps or your lower back. And a lot of times those musculoskeletal injuries are actually stemming from misalignments or subluxations in your spine. In fact, I've got a a really interesting story about a woman who came in to see me with uh, fibromyalgia and she came in, this is almost 10 years ago and her name was Wanda and she comes in with fibromyalgia and she's taking steroid hormones. She's taking muscle relaxers, pain pills, Along with the fibromyalgia, she also had rheumatoid arthritis, and so she's taking autoimmune medications. And she said, listen, I just, I'm here because my neck is killing me. And I said to her what I say to all new patients, we got to get to the cause. And the way we do that is we do a thermographic nerve scan to look for inflammation in the nervous system. We're also going to take x-rays to see what's causing this problem. And so long story short, we took x-rays. She had lost over a hundred percent of the curve in your neck, which means if you're looking at the spine from the side, most people think that good posture means you have a straight neck. That's actually wrong. Front to back, it should be straight, but side to side, you should have a curve. So if you're looking at someone from the side, 
on an x-ray, you would see a C-shaped curve in their neck. That's called the arc of life by neurologists because we know that that curvature surrounds and protects the spinal cord, the brainstem, and the nerve roots, but it also creates this brain-body bridge connection. And so that curvature has to be intact in order for the nervous system to be healthy. And so we took her x-rays. She had lost over 100% of the curve in her neck. And I said, listen, Wanda, number one, there's no doubt about it. That's what's causing your neck pain. I mean, your, your spine's literally bent the wrong direction. You don't have to be a radiologist or a chiropractor or an orthopedic surgeon to know that that looks bad. Number two, though, is that when you lose the curve in your neck, it also creates tension on the spinal cord. And what, what a lot of people don't realize is that the spinal cord is covered with this material, this connective tissue called dura mater, and it's made up of fat and cholesterol. It's also made up of collagen and some other things. But what happens is in some cases is that when you create enough tension on the cord itself, the cord will start to demyelinate. Myelin is like the rubber coating on the outside of a wire. That's uh, a lot of this, the material that surrounds and protects the spinal cord along with the dura mater. And so this myelin, this myelin sheath will actually start to degradate and degenerate over time. Well, there's a medical term that we use for lesions or degradation of the spinal cord itself. It's called multiple sclerosis. You may have heard of this and you can actually go on Google right now. You can find peer reviewed medical research that has been able to prove that people who lose the curve in their neck specifically, people who lose the curve in their neck specifically, oftentimes experience demyelination or lesions on their spinal cord in that area. And oftentimes those lesions will, will result in chronic, meaning all the time, and diffuse, meaning all over the place, pain patterns in the body, otherwise known as fibromyalgia. And so I told Wanda, I said, listen, my job is not to treat your disease or treat your symptoms, but I can tell you that with your neck bent like this, number one, there's no doubt about it. That's what's causing your neck pain. Number two, there has to be some correlation between the demyelination of your spinal cord and the position of your neck. And so I said, listen, we can correct this. You know, we're not just a crack and dash pop and pray chiropractor. We put together care programs that involve physical therapy and chiropractic so that we can actually change the structure of the spine over time and then give people home recommendations, home care recommendations, so they can be doing stretches and exercises to keep it there. And I said, listen, not only can we help you with your neck pain, but your body's going to function so much better when we're able to accomplish this. But I said, it's a commitment. You know, this is not something that happened overnight. This is not something that's going to be corrected overnight. But what's the alternative? You know, because she was worried about time and money, the two things that everybody's worried about. And I said, I get that. But what's the alternative? You know, you're 55 years old. You've got fibromyalgia. I think you probably have some level of multiple sclerosis too. You're on all these medications. They're costing you a boatload of money, even though you have insurance. Insurance doesn't cover 100% and insurance isn't doing anything to cover things that are actually going to get you, get you well. And that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people are hung up on their insurance. It's like, man, if your health insurance was health insurance, it would pay for things that made you healthy, but they don't, they pay for drugs and treatments and procedures and imaging and tests that only help you when you're sick, right? Your insurance doesn't pay for massages and gym memberships and organic food and quality supplements and corrective chiropractic care. It might pay for a handful of visits or a couple of massages after a car accident, but it doesn't pay for correction wellness. And so after we talked about it a little bit, she said, you know what? You're right. I mean, if I don't do anything about this now, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to cost me more money. 
insurance aside, I got to do this. And so she committed to a care program and it was not overnight. In fact, the first few weeks, she was kind of frustrated that she wasn't seeing a lot of results. And I just told her, listen, this is like braces changing crooked teeth. It's going to take time. And just because they're not straight after two weeks doesn't mean that underneath the surface, it's not working. And so she stuck with it. She stuck with it. And six months later, we took progress x-rays to check our work. And she had experienced a 50% improvement in the curvature in her neck. And at her age at 50%, it was amazing. I mean, that's almost case study material, that kind of correction. And at the six month mark, she still had some neck pain. She was still on some of the pain medications, but she'd been able to get off of three of her medications. She no longer needed the, the steroid hormones and she was not experiencing the diffuse chronic pain that she'd come in with. In her words, she was 80% better, you know, and I'll be honest. I mean, she's still a patient today, 10 years later, she still has a little bit of pain every now and again when she overdoes it in the garden, or if she cheers too hard at her granddaughter's soccer game, which I think we all do, um, kids or grandkids, but nonetheless, she's still much, much better than she was. And I always go back to, okay, 10 years ago, she's 55. She's already on five medications. If she hadn't fixed the underlying cause of the problem, where would she be today? You know, and again, people are worried about time and money. It's like, whether it's chiropractic or anything else, we all pay for our health one way or another. You either pay for it on the front end to get healthy and well and stay well, or you pay for it on the back end to try to treat sickness and disease. And in America today, most people pay for it on the back end. There's no wonder why the number one cause of bankruptcy in America today and has been for the last two decades is medical bills. And it's not because people aren't insured. Three quarters of people that go bankrupt from medical bills have insurance. It's not insurance because again, insurance doesn't save you. Being healthy is what saves you. The problem is you can't wait until you're sick or wait until you're in a really bad spot and then try to get your health back. You can try it, but it's very expensive and it's very hard. And so 10 years later, Wanda's only on one medication, not five. And all her friends who are now 65 along with her, they've been adding medications year after year, which is so common and unfortunate today. And, and it all started with getting to the cause of the problem. And so listen, if you're listening today and this sounds like you, you know, whether it's migraine headaches or neck pain or fibromyalgia or high cholesterol or high blood pressure. The point is getting to the cause and correcting the underlying cause is always the best solution. Always treating symptoms and chasing disease will never get you well. And I don't think you want that anyway. I know I don't. And so every week I like to give you an opportunity to come into the office to see me, to sit down so we can get to know each other. And I want to give you the opportunity to go through the process as a new patient so that we can identify the true cause of your problem, put together a customized and specific care program to, again, not only help you feel better, but help you function better so that you can live the life that you want to live. And the way that we do that is we start out by doing a consultation. We do an exam. We do orthopedic tests thermographic nerve scan to look for inflammation in the nervous system. And we also take full spine x-rays and through those tests, we can most likely get to the cause of the problem, identify what it ta- what needs to happen for you to get healthy. And then we put together a care program that's specific to you and we don't stop until you get the results that you're looking for. And that's my, my commitment to you. You know, I'm, I've always said that we're not a treatment based clinic that just gets paid to treat, treat, treat. 
I don't win unless you win. That's the way I've always looked at it. My mission in life is to help people win their health so they can win at life. We all have purpose. We all have this life that we want to live, but you can't serve your purpose in life if you're sick, suffering, or dead. We're out of time. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, remember, it's information plus application that creates the transformation. So I hope you got a lot out of the show today, but most importantly, I hope you take action. Now go out and win your health so you can win at life. 